STEM, which just went public via a SPAC deal. John Carrington is with me, CEO of STEM. Congratulations, sir. Glad uh, to have you on today to tell us all about the final deal, the completion of it all. There you are at the New York Stock Exchange. Tell us more. Yeah, thank you, Nicole, for having me on again. Uh, we were together when we launched and announced the deal, and it's come to the culmination today, and it's resulting in $525 million of cash in our balance sheet and zero debt. So we're really in a terrific position to now extend our lead, grow into new geographies, and really do the things that we just couldn't do when we had a much smaller balance sheet and more of a venture-backed company. So very big day for the company, our employees, and all of our shareholders, and couldn't be more happy for this outcome. Yeah, it's understandable. It really gives you, um, you know, some abilities to make some strategic moves that maybe you couldn't otherwise now that you have more cash to do so. What would be some of the top moves on the agenda here? Yeah, I mean, when you think about it, look, in this industry, anything in energy, a bigger balance sheet is viewed more positively. Um, a lot of these customers that we have are large renewable portfolio developers of solar or wind, as an example, and those are 20, 25-year deals. So they want to make sure their counterparty that is, in, is providing them the software to orchestrate and operate these facilities, in addition to the lithium-ion batteries that we provide, will be there for the duration of their project. So. We certainly inoculate that concern with this deal, and so it, it allows us to, to, I think, just extend that lead, allows us to expand much broader geographically as well. And we have the original shareholders that really got us to this point, Nicole, the likes of RWE, Total, GE, and Mitsui, all around the world wanting to grow with us and partner with us going forward. And now we finally have the ability to do it. And we also have an opportunity to really expand the team. We'll hire more data scientists, more software talent to expand that portfolio of software offerings that we can provide our customers. Yeah, I'd love to hear more about, you know, the AI part of this and how it's so key to smart energy storage. I mean, can you explain that? Because, I mean, this is a long-term goal, right? I mean, this is not something that is done in a quarter. I mean, this is a long-term strategy here. Absolutely. You know, we have 20 million runtime hours, and each of those hours and minutes and seconds help inform our algorithm to get that much better. And it really creates a competitive moat versus anyone else getting into the market. So what that algorithm, algorithm is doing is it's looking at all the external forces. It could include weather. It could include the market prices, wholesale, uh, uh, wholesale and real-time prices on the grid. And so what we're doing is we install this large uh, lithium-ion battery solution with our Athena AI platform on top at the building. And um, what we'll do is we can participate in markets. We help them save money upwards of 30%. But the AI piece is really predicting what the building will be doing and the needs for that location to ensure that we meet that 30% or greater energy savings while allowing them to participate in markets and actually can generate uh, revenue from that. So it's a nice ESG story for these Fortune 500 companies like Walmart, Home Depot, Amazon, Facebook, and others that we have as, as current customers and customers that we'll expand with in the future. Ah, okay. Well, I'd like to ask you more about that because you talk about Athena, the leading AI storage intelligence platform, so people understand it's basically switches between battery power, on-site generation, and grid power. And all this while, 20 million runtime hours 
gets more and more data, so it gets smarter, right? I mean, that's basically what AI is. Tell me about the challenges that you see for some of these corporations that you mentioned in the Fortune 500, because they all have a common goal, right? They are committing to decarbonization. What are some of the challenges facing some of these great companies? I, you know, look, I think a lot of them are very committed, as you as you know, and you mentioned um, they are committed and they have, in fact, now over 220, uh, 250 companies globally have committed to 100% renewable over the next five to 10 years. So it's a big focus. There's a lot of pressure from their shareholders on the ESG side. So we expect them to actually just do more and more solar, more and more storage. I don't see a lot of barriers to them doing that. In fact, they're becoming more active at a policy level and a regular regulatory level, because when you have a large Fortune 500 company in California that could be employing thousands of employees, they want to enable themselves to be a better grid citizen and participate in markets. So their government relations team is actually working with the California legislation to put in place the ability for them to maximize whatever uh, renewables or storage that they may be interested in putting into that location. So it's really coming from all sides. We've got the regulators are interested in doing it because they want a, a firmer grid. They don't want to have any grid intermittency problems with the growth of renewables. The utilities want to put more renewables onto the grid as well. And then, of course, as I said, these corporates are pushing. So we really are in a great spot, we believe, and with this balance sheet to, as I said, extend our lead. But I think our timing is impeccable on this one. Oh, okay. Well, I like that. I mean, and the timing is probably definitely, to your point, right on because this is what everybody's focused on. And I know you had several names that you mentioned, but Amazon, Walmart, Facebook, Alphabet, Home Depot, or some of the companies that you're working with so closely, you have 75% market share in California. But when we talk about the growth that has to happen here, um, there must be um, regulatory tailwinds and or headwinds. Um, you tell me, is there anything that you're seeing out of Washington that could really help you? Yeah, I, look, I think the new administration is very committed to renewables. And I would say the previous administration was very committed to storage because whether you are on the left or right side of the aisle, storage really helps eliminate the intermittency that is associated with wind and with solar. So you're actually enhancing your returns when you put storage on those solutions, but you have to have smart storage. You have to have that energy super intelligence that we provide with Athena. So the, the, at a federal level, we are seeing a lot of momentum around this investment tax credit for storage. What that will do is allow us to put uh, a much more competitive storage solution in place that will open up a significant part of the of the market. And I think it would, the end result will be it will actually drive more wind and solar. And obviously we get pulled along with that. So that's what's going on at a federal level. As you know, the U.S. does not have a national energy policy. So each state becomes its own country here in the United States. And so a lot of the states are doing a variety of different things, all of which, though, are looking to enhance their amount of storage because they know it's the best and fastest solution to inoculate this intermittency that is associated with solar and wind. And I was going to ask you, having worked for global companies like GE, for example, prior to this, I was going to ask you how the U.S. is doing globally compared to the other countries, but I guess I should even just start state by state. Is there one standout state that's just doing the most incredible job? I think California typically, typically okay. California typically leads that. But you know, Nicole, everybody's jumping in, and we're we're proliferating on the East Coast, Massachusetts, New York, Texas. In light of what's going on in Texas recently, obviously there's a lot of focus, and we'll be there to help.